There is nothing quite like rewatching Harry Potter every year with your friends or your family and reliving the differences between the book and the movie and just ranting about it for ages. So in honor of finishing Harry Potter 7 Part 2, welcome back to another episode of the Nano Bookcast. And here are some books that have been converted to either movies or TV shows. And of course, even though you didn't ask, my opinion on them. We'll first start with those books that I've already watched rendered in movies or TV show form. And of course, let's start with the obvious, the Harry Potter series. I think this is one of those rare cases where both the book and the movies have their own place in pop culture and um, a deserved place in pop culture. Any book that kind of speaks to magic, the future or space can be rendered really well in a visual form. And that's because our imaginations can only take us so far. I really can't conceptualize uh, the color of a Nevada cadaver spell, I think I really need to see it rendered on the screen, for example. And like, and continuing on this thread, right? My favorite scene in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows part two, which is the last movie, is Professor McGonagall kind of like charging the statues and gargoyles at Hogwarts into manning and like protecting the castle. I think it is such a visually beautiful scene also because of the lines and the lines are added into the movies. They're not the, these are not the lines adapted from the books. And so there are some scenes in the book which you truly can't appreciate without seeing the characters play the roles and show the nuance and like, and of course, the special effects. And so I really do think um, this is one where, yes, you have to watch uh, the movies, you have to watch the books, and then you can really call yourself immersed in the full experience. Obviously, the books do something different from the movies. And so you kind of have to know which is canon. Obviously, and this debate kind of goes down the drain when you talk about Harry Potter and the Cursed Child and the play. I'll state out another controversial opinion here. I think the play absolutely has a part in canon. I think the way the, that the Harry Potter and the Cursed Child was written to be rendered on a platform, on a stage with limited special effects. And if you read the play script alone in book form, I don't think that does it justice. Because again, it was written to be rendered on a stage, not even rendered on a screen, but rendered on a stage. And I would always encourage people to not read the book in, in the play script, but to go watch the play live if you can afford to do so, if your city is showing Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, because I think there's no other way of kind of reliving that experience. And once you do, you really start to understand, okay, I can see how this play would fit into the Harry Potter canon. There was a very rambly uh, take on Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, but there you go, right? Like controversial opinions and can always be very rambly opinions. Now we leave the world of magic and we come back to believable stories, uh, real life everyday people stories. And the first book I wanted to talk about that's been converted into a movie is The Hating Game by Sally Thorne. The book is like the archetype of enemies turned to lovers and the book does a great job of portraying the characters and sorry the movie does a great job of kind of like portraying the characters as you imagine them in the book um i can't explain why i love uh, I, why i love an enemies turned lovers trope but you know maybe it's the fact that it makes me hopeful that all relationships can come around and be salvaged but the movie ah uh, the movie seeing lucy hale play the lead and be all our pixie queen is just absolutely delightful. She is exactly what you imagine would be playing that character. 
Um, I love the fact that they use her natural eye color, which is Lucy Hale's natural eye color in the book, instead of asking her to change her eye color, since it's important to the movie. And in fact, I own this, I own this movie on YouTube TV because I love it so much and I love watching it repeatedly. Um, however, I don't like some key plot changes made in the movie around a certain makeout scene, and I will just leave it there. Uh, absolutely go read the book, watch the movie. It's sweet. Um, you know, it's your absolute rom-com fix. So since we passed Valentine's Day, you can absolutely wait till it's winter again and you're cozy and want to watch romance movies. We then go to Normal People by Sally Rooney, which deals with difficult and complex issues around teenagers and how they're approaching adulthood. It really grapples with like the inner conflicts that arise from this passage into adulthood, as well as how it affects how you relate to your friends and your family, how when you're changing, your relationship with the people around you also changes. Uh, the main characters, Marianne and Connell, are as much involved in their own self-discovery as they are in the emotional and physical development of each other, which is how friendship is, right? You're evolving yourself, but you're also helping your friends evolve and grow. Um, you can absolutely and should read this book and any other book written by Sally Rooney, and then you can follow it up with the TV show that's based on this book as well. Daisy Edgar Jones and Paul Meskel are absolutely beautifully cast. And I would say here too, the show does the book great justice, because again, you're reading about a lot of nuanced emotions, which there's nothing like seeing a person play those out that like that twitch in the eyebrow, um, that hesitancy, you can't read, at least I can't read so deep into a book to kind of imagine those play out. And so I think it's a really nice way of kind of seeing the nuance of human relationships play out. And I think that's where TV shows can really do a book justice. It's in capturing those nuance, those small moments and playing them out because that would really endear book, them to book readers as well. And speaking of Daisy Edgar-Jones, she's also cast in Where the Crawdads Sings. It's basically written by a biologist who's writing fiction. And so of course I'm in in that regard. Um, even if you don't know Delia Owens was a biologist, which I didn't, her description of the marshes of North Carolina are like an absolute giveaway into her expertise um the the book the crawdad saying gives you like an immediate role model in resilience in resourcefulness in kaya clark she's a strong girl um who's having to like kind of home alone it in her shack uh when her family leaves over time uh, and her father is violent etc um this was up there as the best fiction i read in 2020 and i would encourage people to watch the movie again however while the movie keeps the key plot points and so you're able to forward the story and you really don't have to yell out, oh, but that didn't happen in the book. I feel like you lose the etherealness of the marsh when it's shown on the screen. Um, and that again comes down to Delia Owen's descriptions and the cinematographers not being able to capture that nuance in that cinematography. So I think the actors were great, but that cinematography was just kind of losing the sereneness, the etherealness, the, Arky, like murkiness of the North Carolina marshes. And for that reason, I prefer the book over the movie. Now, Handmaid's Tale is one show I couldn't watch. I understand that the TV show has moved past the book um, and like has its own storyline, but I could be wrong here again. Didn't, didn't watch the TV show. I just, I as an individual, can't watch cruel acts that you read about in books be played out in front of my eyes. That's one place where I'm really glad like I don't have great imagination when it comes to books because I can just ignore the very cruel, gory scenes and just be like, yeah, la, 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 move past it. Uh, so this is where my actually poor imagination saves me. 
I've only read the first Handmaid's Tale and I kind of watched half the show. Um, I see why I think the Handmaid's Tale is considered like seminal work by Margaret Atwood. It's maybe my own discomfort with difficult topics means that's causing me to not read the book or watch the movie. So make your own decision. Uh, trigger warnings up and down the seaboard. Uh, we'll switch to slightly happier topics. Uh, shopping and fashion is like something that I love seeing play out on the screen. I love the idea of a, a protagonist just walking into a store and buying a whole bunch of things. It's such an exciting image to play out, which is why I was really excited to see Shopaholic by Sophie Kinsella when it became a movie. However, the shopping just wasn't enough and the movie didn't stick to the book because the book uh, is based in London, uh, sorry, in, in the UK, and the movie was based here in the US. And it just, they've lost all the small plot points. Um, and so I just genuinely did not enjoy the movie. Definitely one where I prefer the book over the movie and would still even go back and read the book right now instead of watching the movie. However, on that same topic of shopping, if we talk about the Devil Vest Prada, that is where the star cost and the fashion is what sells me on the movie over the book. It's yet another movie that I would add up to Harry Potter and like one that I'm happy to watch once a year very, very, very happily. And now we're going to end with two um, movie adaptions of books that like you really can't talk about movie adaptions or like TV show adaptions without talking about these two. The first, Matilda. Uh, yes, we all need the recipe for that cake and everyone should see her powers on the screen to appreciate the beauty of Roald Dahl. However, this is one where because of nostalgia only, the book will always outshine it because of the writing, the nostalgia associated with reading these books as a child. And I think the same goes for The Witches as well, which was recently um, turned into a movie with Anne Hathaway as I think the lead witch. Again, one where there is a shared act of sweetness that comes from reading Matilda, the witches, uh, the big friendly giant, for example, that really is reserved for, I associate nostalgia with this book and which is why the book will always be better than the movie, no matter how good a movie you come out with. The second book that's worth talking about in the era of nostalgia is Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. And it's many adaptations. I don't think here it's a question of, is the movie better than the book? But let's rank all the you know, screen adaptations. My favorite will always be the big BBC limited series adaptation with Colin Firth as Darcy over the movie with Keira Knightley as Elizabeth. However, being a brown woman, Bride and Prejudice staring at Shwarya Rai Bachchan will always be my favorite adaptation of Pride and Prejudice in my heart. The fact that it adds this novelty of like a different spin, um, you're not just seeing like more lens in the UK, but you're actually seeing a brown family come to the UK and kind of experience like there's this overlay of immigration on top of it. it it'll Pride and Prejudice will always be my favorite adaptation of Pride and Prejudice, hands down. Nothing can displace that. You have the movie, the pageantry, and Eshwarya Rai as a tomboy. Yes to everything. The book always will hold such a sweet place in everyone's heart, especially like I was reading it as part of like my English literature class. And so it'll always hold a special place in my heart for that reason. But Bride and Prejudice, happy to watch that again. In fact, I haven't watched that in a long time, so maybe I should. And of course, there are like many more adaptations of books and movies that if we sat here and talked about, I probably need to get another friend and like we just come up with the whole list and we kind of quiz each other on opinions. But we'll, we'll pause there. And instead, we'll talk about adaptations that are on their way. So here are some book adaptations that I'm looking forward to. 
first and it comes as no surprise again i am a huge taylor jenkins reed fan so of course i will watch any of her books that are being adapted i recently read daisy jones and the six and in anticipation of an ad that i saw for the tv show which is out on amazon prime now and realized that i hadn't read the book and so i think the entire show or the first six episodes are already out and back when i saw the ad i was like okay i'll pick up and read the book i haven't read it till yet not my favorite book and i've talked about this not a big rock and roll or 70s music fan however taylor jenkins reads ability to create a world is chef's kiss and so i'm really excited to see how that world which how that world is recreated on the screen she does such a great job of creating worlds i want to see the kind of attention to detail the adapters have put into the into the movie and the tv show also comes out with an accompanying album which i can't wait to listen to as i'm watching uh watching the show so all in all really exciting the other book that i can't wait to see in movie form is one true loves by taylor jenkins reed it's going to be released on april 6th it's a story about falling in love again when you've kind of fallen not really fallen out of love with someone but you've lost them and you've kind of rediscovered yourself and now you have to and they come back into your lives. It's a really beautiful story. However, the trailer for it um, didn't look that great, like that high quality. Like it just wasn't 720p, it was a 480p trailer. I'm hoping it's a technical mistake. Otherwise, I'm kind of losing hope in this movie adaptation. I'm, I know it'll be a sweet rom-com and sure, I'll watch it, be happy that way. Uh, it does have Philippa Sue. In like the first time I'm going to see her since Hamilton. So I'm excited about that. Simu Liu is a protagonist. Again, very excited about Asian protagonists like on the screen. So I'm definitely excited about it, about this movie adaptation from that lens. Um, now, I talked about Normal People by Sally Rooney and just how beautifully it was done on the TV platform. I'm actually sad in myself that I haven't watched Conversation with Friends on Hulu yet. Um, it looks again like a really powerful authentic rendition so i'm excited to see more of sally rooney's stories be revealed on like the tv screen or the movie screen so i'm really excited to watch this one it also has joe alvin of taylor swift fame so why not um another tv show that's already out that i haven't watched i'm kind of upset with myself for not having done so is apple tv's pachinko the book is hope that is associated with immigration right when you migrate to a new country that new hope you have associated with yourself and the strength that immigrants have to show and just the absolute resilience and how once someone does immigrate over a period of time they don't really belong to their home country anymore but they're also not considered a part of their ad adopting country and so it kind of talks about that nuance and so i'm really excited to see those kind of nuanced emotions play out on a tv screen definitely something i will watch uh the last two adaptations that i kind of want to talk about are The Power by Naomi Alderman, first of all. The Power shows a group of girls from various places and countries around the world utilizing their newfound powers to kind of disrupt imbalances, especially male imbalances in power, and so the patriarchy. And I watched the trailer for this yesterday because I think the first few episodes, again, come out on Amazon Prime um, on March 31st. And the ad, sorry, the trailer looked really good, really powerful, and really took some of the visualizations like the book cover and put them in literal ways in the trailer. So I'm really excited to see that play out. And Naomi Alderman was known for studying Ursula Le Guin and her works. And this book really shows you Ursula Le Guin's influence on Naomi 
in like spades. Um, yeah, the first three episodes will come out on March 31st. And I'm definitely excited to watch this one, especially since I have a lot of travel coming up. Now, up till recently, I was one of the few people on this planet who hadn't read Colleen Hoover's work. And when I heard about Justin Baldoni and Blake Lively being cast to play the leads of It Ends With Us, I was like, yes, I need to read this. I mistakenly thought it would be a happy romance book. I was wrong. Um, so fair warning, dear readers. However, it was a poignant read about the cycle of assault in families with violent parents. You see a woman, uh, Lily, marry a man she loves only to realize that he's as violent as her father was towards her mother. And just the kind of ramifications and the effect on her life as a result of this decision. That's all I'll say, but I will insert a rant. Why has no Emily Henry book been converted into a movie or a TV show? I think they're better as movies. People need Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, Adria Max. Please, please, please convert Emily Henry's books into movies. You can create entire social media experiences and content creation experiences around it. You can take content creators on the kind of trips or take them to the kind of cabins that her that her leads are staying in or take them to an enchanting little village. I think there is such an experience that people can create around Emily Henry's books. I would love to be a part of creating that experience. So if anyone wants my random ideas, please, please, please let me know. But please create, please, please adopt Emily Henry's books for movies. I kind of want to just relive this experience again in a different format. Maybe that's why I'm asking for it. But please, please, please. And, and on that uh, begging and musing, episode two comes to an end. And aren't you all grateful? For show notes and links to the books I mentioned in this episode, you can go to nana.app season three dash two. I'm excited to get your feedback, positive or negative. Please let me know. I tried speaking more slowly in this episode than the previous one. However, when I get excited, I just start rambling. So still a product of that. You can reach out with feedback to me personally or via podcast at nana.app. I know we're really all excited about spring, but in the meanwhile, stay warm, stay cozy. It will soon be shorts and skirt weather and just hot book summer all over again. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.